Oh, hello. This is the Sober Positive Workplace Series, brought to you by Show Up and Stay. I'm your host, Deanne Knighton. Hi. Wow, it is nice to be here. It feels like it has been a lifetime. This is the first time that I've just done a recording, just me, in quite some time. I've been in school for the last 15 weeks, focused on my first semester in my graduate program. And so I've had to take a step back from the podcast. I've had the chance to do some interviews and I have some content that I'm very excited to share with you through the month of January. I think what we'll continue to do with the podcast over the course of the next couple of years is to have periods of time where we release series of episodes this point, we're still focused on Sober Positive Workplace. So we have five episodes coming your way in January that I am very excited about sharing with you. Most of these, with the exception of one, are focused on talking to people from different industries about how substance use has impacted their industry specifically. There's a lot of great personal storytelling and experience sharing that I'm hopeful will really resonate with people, whether you're someone who's exploring this idea from the outside or someone on the inside who is trying to figure out how to make changes within your own organizations. Something came to mind that I decided to just hop on and record. I don't have any notes, so just kind of winging this here. One of the things that I have been working on this semester in my coursework is determining my theoretical orientation. It's clear that I have a strong pull to working with people with substance use disorders, but I'm also strongly drawn to the increased integration of substance use into behavioral health systems. There's some states that are much further along than others as it relates to this. I happen to be in one that is still a little bit behind in that integration of those systems. So some of the work I hope to do is to be involved in trying to bring those two ideas together in a more meaningful way. That said, outside of my area of focus, when I talk about theoretical orientation, it's more about the way that I would approach my thoughts as I enter a room to counsel somebody directly about issues they're experiencing with mental health or substance use. And what is the framework that I am bringing to the table in terms of what I believe about how the therapeutic process should work for someone, what the outcome of that process should be, and yeah, what will inform the way I think about the patient when I'm designing a treatment plan for them. You've certainly probably heard of the overarching therapeutic approaches. One of those would be cognitive behavioral therapy is a big one where things started with psychoanalytical approach that has over time evolved into what we call psychodynamic, which is beyond Freud, although that is ultimately the impetus. There are approaches that are much more about the here and now, others that have more focus on past experiences, but with the idea of maybe how they're informing the present. As I went through this semester, I was just drawn to my own self-reflection on the way that I approach information and the way that I receive information. And I found it really interesting because it's been a while since I put a stake in the ground. I certainly have perspectives that I think kind of show through in the way I think about particular areas, but I haven't had to name them. 
And there was something in the process of naming that orientation that was immediately a little bit uncomfortable to me. Had you asked me to just give you some idea of what my framework is, I would have been able to do that. It would have probably involved a lot more words than you would have wanted. It would have provided a lot more of pros and cons for each of the different orientations that I may be ascribed to for this reason, but why I also need this one to be able to round out this belief that I have over here about how this process of change for humans looks and works. So then today, as part of this assignment, I took this assessment where I had to basically respond to a variety of statements and rate them on a one through 10 scale of how they resonated with me. And I really tried to do it without using my brain. Now, let me just be clear, that is difficult for me to do. However, it's something I'm working on sort of in general, like as part of my own personal growth. So I tried to just read these statements sort of let them sit with me, let them sit within my body. I found that most of the statements, that there was always some element that I could get on board with, with the exception of a couple that were like a no-go for me. Otherwise, I found that a lot of the different perspectives that I ended up sort of right around the same number in a lot of ways. And some of the areas of theoretical orientation that I thought would have popped for me actually didn't. One thing that may seem absolutely unrelated to you, but feels very related to me, is the way that I've always thought about tattoos. I used to see people with tattoos like in my early 20s, and I had this envy of them. I felt in my heart that there was something that they knew and understood about our world that I didn't, because they felt so strongly about one thing that they had it tattooed on their body. And I was jealous that I didn't have that. And I I use the word, there's no better word. It was just, it was true, just jealousy. It was a desire and a longing to be somebody who could feel certain about something. What if I learn information that changes my mind and then I have to be wrong? And that feels scary to me. It also informs the way I think about care and healthcare and therapy, which is that I want it to be bespoke. I want people to get what they need to not be put into a box that doesn't make sense for them or who they are. And so it would make sense that as I'm doing this evaluation of my theoretical orientation, that I would end up in the eclectic and or integrated approach to therapy, which makes sense. And I was really kind of beating myself up a little bit. It kind of reminds me of the same way I used to feel about the tattoos, where I would be like, how come I can't be a person who can believe in something enough that I would have it tattooed on my body? And then I took a step back and I realized that it all makes sense. Like, I know where this part of me comes from. And for me, it comes from a fairly dramatic and traumatic shift that I made in my belief system in my early adulthood, basically discarding large amounts of what I had been taught and learned throughout my childhood because it didn't work for me anymore, because there were too many things that were causing me discomfort. I couldn't hold on to that anymore. Yet I did it in a way that wasn't healthy. I essentially took the entire package, threw it out the door and said, well, not that. 
and then started to move forward looking for things or for information that was going to help me figure out who I was without realizing that I did know who I was in a lot of ways. There were just some things and some parts of the system that weren't going to work for me. When I think about that, I, I can understand this part of me that can be kind of maddening sometimes to myself and I think probably to other people that I can't seem to put a stake in the ground or sometimes I do put stakes in the ground temporarily and then I change course, which also <laughs> can be confusing for people. But I understand why it happens and I understand why there's a lot of fear for me around it. And there's another piece that goes into it, which is the way in which I had to justify my path and my decisions when I didn't really have like the full picture. The way that I did that to kind of preserve myself and protect myself was to make sure that I didn't show vulnerability about my decisions to make sure that I was incredibly confident in what I was doing. And it was a false confidence that, that interestingly actually has served me <laughs> until I started to get real. So the first episode in our January, dry January series, it's reflective of a situation where I thought I knew something, but then was really surprised to find out how I actually felt about it once I was in it. Just like I might be able to sit and say, these are the theoretical orientations I would apply as a counselor. And I could find myself feeling very differently when I'm actually sitting across from somebody trying to help them navigate their life. And I think I would rather be here, somebody who's able to flex and move and change my mind rather than back in that place of over bravado just to preserve my self-orientation and identity. That was too scary. This is scary too, but it's one of those things I would put in the category of the right kind of hard. For more information, please visit our website, soberpositiveworkplace.org or showupandstay.org. This podcast is written, created, and produced by me, Deanne, featuring music from the wickedly talented Katie Hare.